Mary Meat. Welcome to Witch Magic. I'm Dawn, and I will be taking you on a spiritual journey to all things magic and witchcrafts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Witch Magic. Today, we are talking about magical spaces. So one thing I want to talk about before we begin, um, my, my granddaughter, I had gotten her a couple of potions kits for kids. You know what I mean? And one of the ones that I bought for her was this past Christmas and the one I bought for her was the year before and the one from last year was like a fairy potions kit and this one was more like Harry Potterish, you know even though it didn't say Harry Potter on it but anyway she has this triangular shaped shelf in her bedroom and she displays her potions that she had mixed in the little bottles and everything on the shelf and I thought that was pretty cool because that's kind of like her own little magical space, you know? And another thing that I want to say, and this kind of doesn't have anything to do with, well, I guess it does in a way, but I have been watching old Charmed episodes and I have been loving it because I remember watching that show when it was first aired. And it was amazing to me. Some of the graphics are a little cheesy and whatnot, but I still love it. And I'm talking about the original with Shannon Doherty, Alyssa Milano, and Holly Marie Combs. Not the newest one that they... Oh, and then later on they had Rose McGowan come on. But not the newest Charmed. I'm, I'm sure that newest Charmed is just fine enough. But I'm one of those people that if I grew up with a certain show or a movie... I don't want to. I don't want to really watch the remake. I don't like it when they remake stuff. Um, to me, I don't know. It's just you can't beat the original. But to some, the new one is the original. So if that's something that you watch, that's fine. And I don't want to upset anybody by my opinion. But I really do like the original Charmed the best. So anyway, let's go ahead and talk about magical spaces. Okay, so I know we touched a little on this subject during the first season, I believe it was, but I want to go more in depth about it. So what is a magical space? It's simply an area where you work your magic. It can also be a dedicated space for you to sit and meditate, write your spells, and just focus on your thoughts. What does it look like? It depends. It varies. Think about the space in your home. Are you able to dedicate an entire room for your magic? How about a section of a room? What if you share your space with non-magical people? Do you display your magical items or not? If having a set altar in a room doesn't work for you, do you at least have some counter space that you could use as a temporary space for your magical items? or a permanent space at that 
for that matter? If you have answered no to any of these questions, then have no fear. You're not SOL, (laughs) just to put it mildly, okay? And you're not alone. Some witches have very little space and make do with the little corner of the room. Others keep their magical items in a drawer and then take them out when needed. So here are some ideas of how to use any space for your magic. If you were confined to one room, and by that I mean if you were still living at home with your parents, or if you live in a dorm or an apartment with roommates, then you could set up an altar on your nightstand or desk. There are actual altars you could buy or even make, but I'm talking about what you already have handy. And by the way, I know in season one, I talked about how it's not required to use tools to perform magic, but I know most witches like to at least burn candles and have some kind of symbols. And by all means, only light candles if it's completely safe and permitted. There are many other options to lighting candles, such as getting those, you know, those battery operated ones. Anyway, if you share a room room with someone, whether they have the same spiritual beliefs or not, you have to consider their rights and comfort. Right? So if they can't stand the smell of incense, don't burn it. And don't clutter their space with all of your items because they will get annoyed. But what if you're still in the broom closet and you don't want your dorm roomie to know what you're doing? Perhaps you could come to an agreement when you can have alone time or you might have to find somewhere else to do your magic. You might even consider having a little ritual in your bath or just meditating so that you don't need tools at all. What the heck? You can even perform magic in your car. You can keep your items in the trunk and just take them out when needed. Some people might have the luxury of living in a big house where that where they can dedicate a whole room where they could set up a big altar with their candles, incense, cauldron, athame, wand, and more. That is an altar that can be permanent and can be changed with the seasons and whatever spells you are performing. I would love a room like that. I really would. I would put up some tapestries and celestial decor, fairies, pentagrams. Oh, wow. That would just be so cool. But most of us can't do it that way. At one point in time, I used a walk-in linen closet. It was okay because it was kind of my own space. Other times, I was able to set up a permanent altar using a sofa table in my living room. Other times, I had to set up temporary makeshift ones. Some people have several altars dedicated to different themes. So I have a ladder shelf that I decorated with all my fairy items. So I suppose I could call that my fairy altar. Right now, I'm using an old entertainment center as a full-time altar. If you can't set up one permanently, you could always use your kitchen table, nightstand, counter, island, coffee table, desk, even an upside down laundry basket, right? Whatever works. In all reality, your magical space is anywhere that you can sit with your deepest thoughts and dreams and wishes, whether you have any tools or not. One of the best places to be 
to do any type of magic is outside. If you have a private backyard where you could set up a space, that that would be ideal. Really great magical places where you can meditate or just visit and feel that energy are places like Stonehenge, which I've never been to the main Stonehenge, the real Stonehenge, you know, in the UK. Um, But I have been to something that was kind of like its own Stonehenge. And it was kind of magical in its own way. But I bet nothing could beat the one in Europe. I mean, I really would like to visit that someday. So other places, uh, magical places, Salem Mass, which I've been to plenty of times before, Niagara Falls, the Grand Canyon, the top of any mountain, or along lakes, rivers, or ponds. So I just wanted to say, when I lived in Connecticut, I had a place I went to where I walked through trails in the woods, and at the end of the trail, there was a mountain of rocks overlooking the river. I used to climb to the top of those rocks and meditate. One time, I was so deep in meditation, and I didn't time myself that I didn't come out of it until it was already dark. Luckily, it was a full moon, and it was so bright that it helped me through the woods because it was pretty scary. Because guess what? I also didn't have a flashlight. I wasn't planning on being there in the dark. Anyway, always be prepared, right? (laughs) I I certainly wasn't, so that was pretty scary. But like I said, the full moon led, led the way for me, so it was pretty good. So... What should you have in your magical space? Yourself, of course, right? (laughs) That's kind of important. If it's a meditation area, you might want a comfortable pillow and or a yoga mat, maybe some earbuds and some relaxation music, some ambiance, you know, that sort of thing. If it's your altar, like I said before, you don't necessarily need a bunch of tools But if you want, you could have two white candles, one representing the god and one representing goddess, a small cauldron, athame or ritual knife, wand, incense, other colored candles representing you or your practitioner and or your intent. And all of that you can find the, um, what the colors mean, what the colors represent on my website. Um, items to represent the four directions, such as, for example, you can use a rock or a brown and green crystal for earth, a feather or a white or yellow crystal for air, a small dragon statue or a red or orange crystal for fire, and a seashell or a blue crystal for water. Other items on the altar could be a figure of your go-to deity, a pentacle, a bell, sea salt and water, offerings, and any other items that you need for whatever spell or ritual you are doing. You may also decide to keep herbs and essential oils nearby for dressing up candles or other intensive purposes. I cannot stress enough that you do not need to break the bank for all of these items. Please, please, please do not. You could certainly get by with the bare minimum. If you want all of these things, you could certainly gradually build your collection. 
I was lucky that pretty much all this stuff was gifted to me when I first started out in the craft over 25 years ago. But let me tell you something, and I don't think I've told you guys this before. I lost everything a few years back due to a situation that I had to flee from. This was about five years ago. I had to leave everything behind. So for the past year and a half, I myself have been slowly building my collection back up. So if you ever hear me say that I used to have something, that is why. And trust me, I miss all those items and I am trying to build all my stuff back up, like I said, and some of it's not going to be the exact same. If you have an altar or quiet space outside, be sure to protect any of your tools from the elements. If you don't have any covering, you can always keep your items in a waterproof container. If it's not safe for you to leave your things outside, maybe you could keep your stuff in some kind of basket or container that will be easy enough for you to tote back and forth, or even if you have a shutter or a garage. And as long as we're talking about our tools, make sure to charge your tools before using them for the first time, and maybe every so often. You can do this by running them through the smoke of sage or leaving them outside during the full moon. You can also rub a clear quartz crystal on it or simply hold the tool in your hand envisioning your energy going into it. The point of doing this is to rid the tools of any energy from the previous owners. You want the tools to work for your needs, so it's important to have your energy in it. And we can discuss this more in depth at a later time if you guys are interested. For now, that's all I have for you on that subject, but let's go ahead and do an oracle draw. And the deck that I'm drawing from is the Oracle of Light and Dreams by Scott Howden. And I know that I've drew a card from this for you guys before. So let me just get them out of the box. And I'm gonna do a shuffle. And we will see which one which card wants to speak to us today? All right. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. I am going to fan them out and I'm going to feel through to see which one wants to be picked. <laughs> Oh, and I think I found it. All right. <clears throat> Let me get the book, and I'll tell you what it is. So the card I drew is called Thistle. And it means stand up for what you believe in. And it represents conviction, strength, values, and integrity. And I'm going to go ahead and read the full description for you. <clears throat> this wild-haired warrior is a fine example of someone who stands up for what they believe in. Defiant and determined, she is dressed in the tartan colors of her clan 
and is ready to defend her people and their rights. She holds a thistle in her hand, the adopted symbol of her beloved Highland home. It represents bravery, devotion, valor, and strength, all characteristics of her fiery determination. We are often faced with situations that cause us to consider compromising our values and beliefs. For instance, abandoning a moral principle and bowing to peer pressure because we are afraid we won't fit into a group or cutting corners in order to save time and effort. It may often feel like the easier option to go against our convictions, but the more we compromise our values, the more of a negative impact it can have on our well-being. When we stand up for what we believe in or speak truth to power, it not only allows us to overcome obstacles and be true to ourselves, but it also builds a greater self-confidence, respect, and integrity. And there is a quote here that says, And one day she discovered that she was fierce and strong and full of fire, and that not even she could hold herself back because her passion burned brighter than her fears. And that quote was by Mark Anthony in The Beautiful Truth. All right, so does that mean anything to many of you? I think we can all kind of resonate with this, right? All right. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope some of this was informative and helpful to you. And as always, please leave me a five-star rating and a review if you listen to this podcast on Apple or Spotify. Doing that will help the show reach a higher audience, and I would appreciate that so much. All right, everyone. Have a very magical week. So that's going to do it for today. I will be airing these podcasts about once a week, so be sure to tune in. You might want to choose to get notified when I air so that you don't miss a thing. If you have any comments, please feel free to connect with me on my Facebook group. I will leave the link to that along with my website on the show notes. Blessed be.